You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John, that's the first letter of John. Not your Gospels in the front. It's the one near the back of your Bible. 1 John chapter 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. Let me see how many believe Jesus is the Christ. Bump your name and say, look at that, I'm in the book. This is me. Say, this is me. Tell them you'll be amazed how many times I show up in this book. That's it. Bump them and say, don't worry, you there as well. This is you too. Amen. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, that's me, is born of God. Born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know the love that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Everybody say keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Say this, God's commands are not burdensome. And you realize God doesn't give us rules to take our fun away. He knows what works. He knows what will hurt us. He knows what will stop His blessing from working in our lives. We've been talking in the mornings about hearing the voice of God, recognizing the voice of God. God is speaking all the time. Someone says, how come I don't hear Him? Because we allow other things to get in the way. But you clear it out and make sure you're walking in the peace of God, walking by God's guidance, His leading, His direction. You'll always hear His voice. You are healed. I said, you are healed. So what gets in the way? That's our own. We make bad decisions. We make mistakes. We do things wrong. Not always our fault. It could be someone else as well. But the point is, there is a devil out there. And God teaches us how to minimize the opportunities that Satan has to get into our lives. The things that he gives us as guidance and leading and direction and instructions are to make sure that the flow of God's power moves in in and through our lives as efficiently as possible. Sin are things that will block that anointing from flowing. That'll stop that anointing from flowing in our lives. So when he gives us an instruction, it's not to slow you down. It's not to make your life difficult. It may seem like you're moving slower, but when you do it God's way, you see far more power. Let me say it again. When God gives us an instruction, it may look like it's going slower. See, when Abraham, God told Abraham, he's making a father of many nations, he tried to accelerate it with Ishmael. And the result was that it caused tremendous division in the family. And God said he's going to make Abraham a great nation, Now you've got nations warring against nations. But when God chose to do it through Isaac, it took much longer, but he's the son of promise. And through him came Jesus. Come on, you're getting a hold of this? So, say this, when God gives me an instruction, it's to build my life. 
to strengthen me, make my life better. For whatever, verse 4, is born of God, who is that? That's you, you're in the book. Whoever's born of God, say that's me, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. Tell your neighbor, I am a world overcomer. Fact. Amen. Go back a page, 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Family of God, you cannot make yourself righteous. When we try to make ourselves righteous, it's filthy rags, the Word of God says. We are made righteous by the grace of God. The moment you're born again, He was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. So you don't work your way to righteous. No matter how good or bad you are, doesn't make you more righteous. You're righteous because you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now that you're born again, you've been made righteous. The Word of God calls us to now live righteous according to that righteousness. To live righteous as we have been made righteous. In other words, now, you know, now that you are saved, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then your salvation manifests. You are healed when you receive it. Healing manifests in your body. You're already rich. When you receive that, then your life begins to manifest it. So the same way you've been made righteous, now doesn't mean we have freedom then just to go on living the way we always lived. Because hallelujah, I've been made righteous. It's got nothing to do with me. It's all Jesus. Praise God. I can do whatever I want. I'll still be righteous. No, we called. He says, don't let anyone deceive you. Now practice righteousness. Be righteous. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Now, now, I'm going to practice righteousness. And then he says, yeah, verse 8, He who sins is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Everybody say purpose. For this purpose, the Son of Man, Son of God, was manifested to destroy the work of the devil. Without purpose, without vision, the Bible says, people perish. Without vision, another translation says, they cast off constraint. In other words, they go wild, they do their own thing. Come and have a look over here. You go back to Judges. Judges chapter 21. Now, as you recall, God created Adam, blessed him, told him to be fruitful, multiply, fully, subdue, take dominion. If Adam had obeyed that, he'd still be alive today on the planet. He'd be our great, 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 great,
And we'd all be walking on the earth with God. There'd be no churches. There'd be no countries and divisions. We'd all be one nation, one family, one kingdom of God. As you know, I won't go into detail for time's sake. Adam sinned and as a result lost the earth to Satan. And ever since then, Satan's been using division to divide men, divide women, divide people groups, divide on race, divide on gender, divide on anything he can divide, put down borders that don't even exist there, and just, just create division all the time to cause this constant conflict. And the whole idea is to get people distracted from original purpose, and that's to take dominion of creation as a son of God, as a child of God. But God already said that he would send Jesus to come and restore that, to get that back. And of course, as Adam sinned and, and, and they went out into the, from the garden and the earth became more and more sinful and contaminated with sin. You understand what happened with the ark and Noah, his family was saved. And so they served the Lord, but it wasn't long after that they were doing all kinds of other things, building towers and, you know, and just trying to live their own lives. And so God got hold of a man, Abraham, and said, I'm going to bless you and make you a great nation. And because he obeyed God and he believed God, it was accounted as righteousness. And so God would use his lineage and he gave birth to Isaac, who gave birth to Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel. He gave birth to 12 sons, and out of him Judah was born. And through that lineage, eventually Jesus would be brought into the earth to destroy what Satan did in the garden. The word says that Jesus retained in the heavens until the restoration of all things that God spoke from the beginning through prophets. So from the time of Israel becoming a nation, and as you know, they landed up in captivity, and after 300 years of slavery, Moses delivered them, brought them out, and God used the man Moses to take up to a mountain and give him the constitution of the kingdom of God. It wasn't a list of rules. It's a constitution that if you live according to these standards, you will always see my presence and you'll always see my blessing. And so he establishes that with Moses being the spokesperson. God chose a man. You notice every time God spoke to a nation or a people, he would choose a man, set that man and that man would represent, but that man would be nothing else except the voice of God to those people. Even when he spoke to Pharaoh, said he was like God to Pharaoh. Why? Because he only said what God said. So it's as if God was standing in front of Pharaoh and speaking. That's how Moses ran the place. And then as you know, he set up a priesthood. And just to fast forward, what would happen is now as Israel continued to multiply, Moses passed away. They went into the, children, went into the uh, land of promise. And obviously Israel... Went through multiple, you know, growths and the tribes got bigger, etc., etc. In the beginning, what happened was through the priesthood, God established judges. Everybody say judges. So what is a judge? A judge doesn't rule. 
a judge determines if you're keeping the constitution or not. The judge determines if you're following the law. So God is the law. God is not a democracy. See, these things are difficult sometimes for westernized minds to figure out, particularly people that are brought up under a democratic type society where the people have the say. People vote who they want. And you know, whatever you want is not always good. But if we don't understand democrat, uh, uh, the, the kingdom of God, a theocracy, when there's one God, one king, one Lord, one word, here's the yes and amen. I don't get to question that. And that's, he ruled Israel through judges. So the judges would hear what the situation, hear what the concern is. All they did is they referred back to the word and then they would say, what does the word have to say on the issue? That's what a judge would do. What does the word say on the issue? And they would then issue according to the word of God what the next step would be. That's how Israel ran for many, many years. There were many different judges, and that's what this book of Judges is about. That's how they ran. You come to the end of the book of Judges. It's a very interesting statement, and this opens up where we're going tonight. Listen to verse 24. And so the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance, and in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> what happened to the judges? In the beginning, they were listening to Moses. And even if they didn't like what Moses said, God sorted it out very quickly. And they were led successfully to the promised land. Joshua took them in very successfully, conquered the land. They were very successful. They conquered the land. Every person around them feared them because they knew you don't come against the God of Israel. You do not come, even if you don't agree with him, even if you've got other gods, don't take on those people. Because their God will back him up. But the problem was, they started to drift and forget their God and got to a point where it says here, they all did what was right in their own eyes. I wonder if that sounds like today. People today doing things that they think is right. Don't you tell me what's right or wrong. I have my own opinion of what's right. So what's right? What feels good for me? As long as I'm not hurting anybody else. Well, how do you really know you're not hurting anyone else? Because the word says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is death. So I think I'm not hurting you or anybody else, but I don't know what the harvest on that seed is. Because if I am doing things, you must understand the whole kingdom of God works through seed and harvest. There's cause and effect. Whatever you do has a force that goes out into your future. 
And that force is creating things to happen. And it creates and it does things to people around you. So no matter what you decide to do, any one of us, when we do something, it sends out shockwaves into our future. And it's either creating a positive future or it's destroying our future. We think we're doing something because we think it's right. And yet it causes destruction in our grandchildren without realizing it because we didn't see the effect of it. And so, yeah, they land up doing things because they did what they was right in their eyes. They were no longer checking with God. They were no longer seeing what the Word of God has to say on the issue. Fast forward a number of years, we get to 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons... Judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah, and they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways, and they, decide, they turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Oh. Sound familiar? Corruption. This is not a political speech. I'm reading Bible. Say amen. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So say, say, say what? Did you hear that last statement? Like all the nations? You want to be like the rest of the world? Have you noticed when God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. You on God's side, you always win. Those that come against God always lose. But now we want to be like the rest of the world. We're tired of trying to do this, this, this judge's way. This is old-fashioned. Look the way the rest of the world works. They are ahead of the times. <laughs> Look to the world for the example. Make us a judge like all the nations. But this thing displeased Samuel. Now, why would that be? Because he knows God's heart. And they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Now, listen, to this. this will shock you. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Isn't that interesting? Samuel goes to God and says, Father, I need to speak to you. I have an issue here with the people. Now, no, he, the reason he's going to God because he wants some advice on how to handle it because he's a judge. He's not going to make his own decision. What do you say on the issue? And if it was me, 
thinking like Samuel, I don't know if Samuel's thinking like me, it would be, how do I sort them out? Give me some advice on how to fix this. And so he says, they're looking for a king. And without even hesitating, God says, give them a king. Uh, <coughs> God, am I talking to God? Because here's the thing. God says he'll give you the desire of your heart. What I've heard in my hearing, I will do it. See, family of God, God's not up there. You have people say God is in control. If he's in control of the whole planet, then somehow he's going to be held accountable for every rapist, every murder, every... No, that's not our God. God's not a puppeteer maneuvering the whole planet. Where God is in control is where the people give their hearts to him and let him lead them. And if you're in that place, then God will organize for you. Then, he, then you can say, God's in control because I've given it to him. You getting this? But here's the thing. If somebody says, I don't care, I want to go to hell, God will help you get there. He'll protect your right to go to hell. Because it's still your decision. How can a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. Everyone that goes there chose to be there. Everyone had opportunity to come out. Everyone had an opportunity to reject hell and accept Jesus. Amen. Uh, sometimes people say, yeah, but what about the guy in the middle of the jungle? I'm going with the word of God. The Bible says that not any person will die without having revealed and God will even use creation to preach to somebody. That's what the word says. I'm going to go with the word, not our clever means of debating. Say amen. amen. What am I saying? Here's a decision that they make, and God says, if that's what they want, they got it. You need to understand there is a consequence. And he says, yeah, Verse 8, according to all the works which they've done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day with which they've forsaken me, they've served other gods, now they're doing it to you also. So heed their voice. Now, however, you need to solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. You must understand what you're choosing here. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he begins to explain how this king is going to take your sons and make them into soldiers. He's going to take your family. Get down to verse 13. He'll take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. Verse 14. He'll take the best of your field. He'll take your vineyards. He'll take your land. Verse 15. He'll take a tenth of your grain. He's going to tax you. And then verse 17. He'll take a tenth of your sheep. He'll take your servants. And then you will cry out, verse 18, in the day, because your king whom you chose for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you on that day. In other words, if you want to live life with the rest of the world, your king will corrupt you. He's going to steal your money. From the moment you get your salary, he's going to take tax. And then that taxed money 
You're going to go spend in the shop and they're going to tax you again. And then you go buy fuel and you tax you again. And then you want to buy this and there's another tax. And then you want to give money to someone, you have to pay donations tax. I've got to pay the government to give you money. Hello. I was yeah, but you can give up to 100000 How much are you giving? I want to give more than that. Hello. And he's going to tax you. And then when it's all said and done, all your money is tax, 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 tax. When you die, he takes another chunk. That's the government you want to use. See, family, we choose the government that rules us. And God says, by the time you moan, remember, it was your choice. Can I get a bigger amen? It's got really quiet. I said, this is not a political rally. I'm reading Bible to you. It says, you want a king like the rest of the world? You want to live according to the world system? There is a consequence. There's a payment. Come on now. Verse 19, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. They said, no, we will have a king over us. That we may be like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And you don't need someone else to fight your battles for you. God is your battle fighter. God says, I will fight the battle for you. The victory is yours. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is yours. Say that. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is mine. And so verse 22, the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice, make them a king. So chapter 9. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. Bump your neighbor and say, it sounds like me. See you in the book. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how called people are handsome? Say Amen. That's you too. I've got some people looking at me like I'm strange. I said, you are handsome or pretty, whatever you want to call. Say that, amen. Family, don't let the devil lie to you. Oh, just let me take a side journey here. Don't let Satan lie to you. When you look in that mirror, don't go, no, God does not create junk. He knows what he's doing. When he formed and shaped you and positioned you, don't look at your neighbor and who the magazines say. Everything in the magazines airbrushed and cut and reshaped and, I mean, squeezed and pulled and eventually. What is that? That's not even a human anymore. It looks like an alien. I said this morning, you are called to this earth for purpose. God sent you here for a reason. And when he put you into a vehicle, he knew where that vehicle needed to go. If you want to go plow a field, you build a tractor. It doesn't have to look like a Porsche. Well, it's not as pretty as a Porsche. Well, a Porsche can't plow a field. In a field, a tractor is king. And the Porsche is like, I can't keep up. Are you with me? 
Don't go by looks and, sh- and things. No, when God designed you, He knew where He was sending you. He knew the field He was sending you. He knew the track you were going to be on. He knew the road you need to ride. And He perfectly designed your body, face and everything. And when you arrived in your destination, everybody's eyes would be on you because you're the person for that moment. Stop allowing the devil to lie to you. Amen. Bump your nose and say, hey, good looking. Some of us may need to spend some more time renewing our minds to that. Just look in the mirror and say, man, you are well designed. <laughs> say amen. Yeah. Oh, his choice handsome son, his name was Saul. There was no more handsome person than he among all the children of Israel. His shoulders upward, he was taller than any other people. Carry on all the way down. His donkeys got lost. They had to go find a prophet, blah, blah, blah. Come down here to chapter 10. It's all important, not blah, blah, blah. You understand what I mean? I'm not diminishing it. It's just we're moving on. I don't have time to read everything. Chapter 10. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on, Sa- on Saul's head, kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Wow. an amazing. God, even when we made a bad decision, He doesn't give up on you. He says, that is not my first decision. That's not the way I would run the kingdom. I want my kingdom to run the way I want it run. That's through judges. If you want a king, I'm going to give you a king. But now I'm going to have to help you through it. But you don't want a man without the anointing. You don't want a man... Without the anointing. Come down to verse 5. After that you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place. With stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Now listen to this. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will become another man. He was not called as a prophet, but he knew if you're going to lead these people and that's who they've chosen and you are the one that's going to do it, I don't want you doing it in your own strength and your own ability. So I'm going to put my anointing on you and you will become another man. And when you speak, you'll have what you say. Family God, that anointing is Christ. 
You born again? Handsome one. God has anointed you the day you were born again. He poured the oil of the Holy Spirit in you. Not just on you, in you. And when He poured that Holy Spirit into you, you became another man. Don't look at that loser who the teacher said, you'll never be anything. Don't look at that parent who beat the person up and abused them. Don't look at that past relationship that didn't appreciate who you are and hurt you every day of your life. Don't allow the things of the past where somebody stole from you and made you skeptical about every other person. Don't allow the devil's lies to slow you down because when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into you and the anointing filled you and you became another Man, another woman. Now you have the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. And when you open your mouth, things begin to happen. When you speak, you direct the life and the future as God has ordained for it to be. I don't care how much the world has lost traction and is lost out there trying to find their way and trying to live their own standards and their own lives, doing their own things and destroying their lives. I no longer live for myself. I'm no longer going to make my own decisions. I'm going to take the living word of God and let his decrees be my decrees. Let his word be my word. Let his instructions be my instructions. And I'm going to take his word, put it in my mouth. It was when I speak his word, it is God speaking. And angels hearken to the voice of the word of God. Hallelujah. Family, this is the day that we make a decision. We are not of this world. I said we are not of this world. I don't look to the world for my examples. I don't get my direction from Instagram or Facebook or YouTube unless they're speaking the Word of God. My influences are men and women of God that are anointed of God. Hearken to the voice of the Word, of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Family God, say that. I am not of this world. I am a child of God. Handsome and good looking. God has called me. Placed me in this earth. With specific purpose. Specific direction. Specific calling. When I listen for His voice. His anointing in me comes alive. And I am another man, another woman. I am called of God. 
When I say man, woman, say woman. If, you understand? Well, I don't want to keep saying I'm another man, another woman. So whenever I say another man or son, use daughter and woman. Let's just let's settle that now. Amen. Just makes confessions easier. Say this. I am another man. When the anointing comes on me, it's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And just the same, when Jesus, as Christ, spoke, he had what he said. He's given me that same authority. He said, when I do, when I speak, I have what I say. He said, I would do the same works he did and greater because he goes to the Father. Jesus is with the Father and he has sent forth the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit now lives in me. I am as anointed as Jesus. And when that anointing comes on me, I am another man. I am the body of Christ. Come on, give Jesus praise. Come on, stand to your feet and give your king glory today. Come on, give him praise, family. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. We're not doing our own thing anymore. Amen. You're led by God, family. He will take you to the promised land. Cause you to conquer, to succeed, to prosper in all that you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hand and say, I receive my miracle. This week. It's happening. God is not a respecter of persons. Say this, I heard two awesome testimonies today. It's my turn. I speak it. Angels, you don't respect people. You're not a respecter of persons. You understand? <laughs> you're not a respecter of persons. You don't choose who you work for. God ordained you work for believers. I'm a believer. So just the way you did it, for those two, you're already at work for me. I'm ready. Bring it in. In Jesus' name. Call it. Call it. Call it. Call it. Amen.